Welcome to the Royal Priesthood. So today's topic is a very vulnerable and transparent one, so buckle up. Um, I titled it Tornography with a T um, because I want to talk about the addiction to pornography, masturbation, etc., and just how it tears us away from the will of God and tears us away from our relationship with Jesus Christ and kind of isolates us into our own flesh. So we're going to talk about that. Um, <clears throat> you know, for me personally, I remember taking notice of girls <laughs> as early as elementary school. And like many of you, I, I came across pornography at a very early age, which ultimately perverted the development of my mind to the point where objectification of women just became a norm for me growing up. And undoubtedly, pornography and, mat- and masturbation is a battle that that both men and women face on the regular basis. And so we're going to discuss what the Word of God says about lust. Uh, we're going to discuss some unique perspectives and outlooks about this battle and discuss how to practically live like Jesus Christ when the perversion of sex is just so prominent in our culture. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for waking us all up this morning, blessing us with another beautiful day to draw closer to you. Lord, I just ask that you just have your will in this message, that you challenge us, that you convict us where necessary, and that you just allow us to grow deeper in our relationship with you. Lord, we trust you, we love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I just want to read a few scriptures And then we'll get into um, the rest of the message here. I'm going to start with Psalm chapter 101, verse 3. It says, I will not look with approval on anything that is vile. I hate what faithless people do. I will have no part in it. I love that. It's just taking a stand right there, not looking with approval on anything that is vile, anything that's disgusting, that's abominable to God. Uh, and it says, I hate what faithless people do. I will have no part in it. We have to take a stand, folks, in our faith. You know, we're faithful people, so we need to take a stand in what we believe in and keep ourselves away from things that are not of God. Amen. Uh, the next scripture is Matthew chapter 5. Verses 27 and 28. This is Jesus talking, as you know, uh, what they call the Beatitudes. Um, He really essentially just takes things to the next level for us in terms of standards. So Jesus said, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Wow. Wow. I mean, talk about a standard of perfection that is nearly impossible um, without Christ because, you know, and that that convicted me. It convicts me all the time, you know, especially even as a married man, you know, see a beautiful woman walk past me. If my glance at that woman lingers, I'm already lusting. My imagination is going right. And I'm already committing adultery with her in my heart. Um, So I'm already an adulterer at heart when I do that. And it's just so convicting. Um, so that, that's a standard that's that's a Jesus standard right there amen First uh, Corinthians chapter 6 verse 13 it says the body however 
is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. See, folks, the body is not ours. You know, the body that we have, that we live in every day, it's not ours. It's not our property. It's God's. And so it's not meant for sexual immorality. It's not meant for that stuff. It's not meant for lust. It's not meant for masturbating. It's meant for the glorification of Christ because, after all, it is the temple of the Holy Spirit in which he dwells. So if the Holy Spirit is living inside of us, that's the temple for the Holy Spirit. So we have to protect it. We have to uh, make sure that we're glorifying God with our bodies. Amen. Uh, the next one's First John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. These three verses are packed full. So... It says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Whoever does the will of God lives forever. See, these, these temporary pleasures that we indulge in and give into, those desires are going to pass away. They're not forever. They're very temporary. And the, But doing the will of God will be able to live forever. So, you know, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, those are the primary three that pretty much everything can be summed up into because that's everything in the world. And that does not come from God. But we're so entrenched in the in today's culture that it's sometimes hard to distinguish between what's of God and what's in the world. Um, so we need to have that discernment and that wisdom for that. Amen. That's why it's so important to stay in the Word. The next one is Proverbs chapter 6, verse 25. It says, Do not lust in your heart after her beauty, or let her captivate you with her eyes it that's very straightforward <laughs> do not lessen your heart after her beauty or let her captivate you with her eyes men this this speaks directly to us no question um we cannot lessen our heart after her beauty we cannot if it's if it is not your wife there is no other woman on this planet that should be captivating you with anything and you shouldn't be lusting after her beauty, period. Now, um, I have two more verses, but before I go forward, just understand, if you're listening, um, I am a man, so I'm going to be speaking primarily from a male perspective. However, um, this battle of masturbation, pornography, lust, it is it is a battle across the board for both genders, male and female. Um, Women have women have shared that they've struggled with pornography. I've I've, I've heard people's t- women's testimonies about it. Um, there, there's just as equal of a struggle um, with this sin as much as men. So, but just I just wanted to put that caveat in there. Um, but I'll just be primarily speaking from a male perspective um, as a man. So, uh, moving forward uh, to James chapter one. Verses 14 and 15. It says, But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then 
after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Wow. As you can see, it, it starts with our own evil desire and being enticed. It's that initial temptation that we give into. Once we give into it, that desire conceives, right? It becomes sin. And then once we give into the sin, it just, it gives birth to death ultimately, right? It's, it's so important to recognize, we'll talk about it in a little, in a few moments about where that temptation starts. Because, you know, as many of you know, we get to the end and we're just, we're just, we're just there in shame. We've, we've masturbated, we've watched pornography or whatever have you. And we're just ashamed. We're, we're crying out to God, Lord, I'm sorry. But it's like, how do we get to that point? And it says right there in the word, we're, when we're dragged away by our own evil desire and enticed, it's only then that everything else is conceived afterwards. So we'll talk about that. And then the last scripture I want to use here is Galatians five sixteen. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You see, folks, when we walk by the Spirit, we won't give in to the desires of the flesh. But if we're walking in the flesh and we're allowing our flesh to lead us, we're going to indulge in those desires of the flesh every time. If we walk by the Spirit, that's what protects us, the Holy Spirit. When we walk by the Holy Spirit, that protects us and keeps us away from those desires of the flesh. Amen. Amen. So those are good scriptures to to read through on your own time as well. Um, One book I do highly recommend um, is titled Every Man's Battle. Um, It's by Stephen Arterburn and Fred Stoker. Excellent book. Uh, Read this, I think it was was two years ago at least. Uh, It was just a great read to really understand that, um, especially for men, that that you're not alone in the battle against lust. You, 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 it feels like, you know, the enemy loves to isolate us and make us feel like we're the only one with that problem. Um, you read this book and it just opens your eyes. It, it almost just brings, it's like relief. Like, oh my gosh, okay. Whew. I'm not the only one. It, it is, it is very relieving. Um, but this book will help equip you with strategies to battle against lust on a daily basis. So highly recommend it. It's called every man's battle. Amen. Now, Remaining pure is such a wonderful goal to have in any stage of life, whether you're, you know, a single teenager, a single adult, or if you're, if you're married, right? Now, just to be transparent, unfortunately for me, you know, I lost my virginity before the age of 19. And unfortunately, it was not to my wife. And a lot of that was the result of one, of course, not having a strong relationship with God at the time. Um, but also just simply allowing my flesh desires over time to become essentially my moral compass. I was allowing my flesh to lead and guide me. And, you know, I was addicted to pornography for many years uh, as a teenager and as a young adult. And, you know, at the time, you know, I figured it was safer to masturbate than to be having sex. So I was like, well, I feel like I'm doing the right thing. I'm not out getting women pregnant. I'm not getting any STDs. So masturbation, you know, watch pornography, just me alone in my bedroom. That was that was the safe um, alternative for me. 
But folks, I want you to want to be very clear. Masturbation and pornography is not the will of God. It's not. So, men, I'm going to address you first. Regardless if you are single or married, masturbation and pornography is a forbidden fruit. I mean, it is a daily battle for us. Uh, it's a daily struggle because you look back in, in Genesis, the book of Genesis, you see our fellow man Adam back in the Garden of Eden. He had a choice to make. He was already told not to eat of that forbidden fruit. Then, of course, Eve took a bite and then offered it to Adam. But Adam did have a choice. He had a choice to either die with Eve or to live with God. And Adam chose woman over God, which is why it's so difficult for our flesh to choose God over woman today. It is. It, it is. It's unfortunate, but it's, a, it's an unfortunate reality there. So it's a daily battle for us. We can't forget that. Now, ladies, I'm going to address you. If, if you're single and you're trying to remain pure until marriage, please keep fighting that good fight. That is such an amazing goal to have and to maintain. Your, your marriage, your sex life, your walk with God will be so blessed because of it. But if you are still struggling with pornography, you know, masturbating, maybe using toys for masturbation for your pleasure, images, websites, etc., um, get rid of all of that. Um, because your body, your body is God's. It's not yours. And it is not the will of God for you to sexually pleasure yourself as a single woman. It is designed for your spouse to pleasure you sexually, period. So anything outside of that it's just not the will of God. And you see, folks, this, this topic is just not discussed enough. Um, and so many of us just remain in secret and, and in privacy, primarily just out of embarrassment and shame. Uh, but Jesus Christ is able to fulfill all of our needs, which is why spiritual intimacy with Christ is so important. It's so important because he's able to fulfill us in that intimate way to where we're no longer desiring um, those those earthly, fleshly pleasures that pornography and masturbation provide. Ladies, you are worth waiting for. You are worth waiting for. Um, men and women, God died for each of us. He paid such a high price, the ultimate price, for us to be set free from sin. So making that decision daily to walk with him and not allow our flesh to lead us it's just so glorifying to him when we walk by the Spirit. Amen. Now, even as a married man, you know, lust and sexual temptation, they approach the forefront of my mind every day. Every day. You know, but praise God, he is always with me on a daily basis to fight these battles. I ask him every morning when I pray to him, I said, Lord, forgive me. Lord, please help me today. <laughs> Keep my eyes, I, you know, I'm trying to make a covenant with my eyes so I don't sin against God, right? Now, you look at Job, he, he made that covenant with his eyes. You know, it, it's a daily battle, but I have to renew that every day. Because every day, the struggle is right there waiting for me, right? It is, a, it is definitely a thorn in my flesh. You know, and even as a married man, I'm going on four years, my marriage is so strong, my relationship with God is strong, right? But, and I want to be a pastor someday, but it's still a fight. The temptation is still there. I can't ever let my guard down. 
Because as you all know, you know, we can win so many fights in that boxing ring, right? We're fighting the devil. We're winning because we're keeping our guard up. We got our guardrails in place, right? But as we all know, the moment we drop our guard, we are no longer protecting our face, right? In the boxing ring, we just let our, let our hands down too far. All it takes is that one well-planted punch. Boom. And we're knocked down. I wanted to, um, I listened to a poem um, probably within, within the last year by a poet called, his name is Ezekiel. Uh, many of you may have heard of him. He's part of the Passion for Christ movement. Very, very, um, very amazing poet. And all of his poetry is Christ-centered. And I wanted to share some of his poetic outlook um, on masturbation. It was very interesting um, but it has a lot of truth to it. And so just just to give you maybe, I guess, an alternate perspective to kind of see things in a different light, to kind of have a better understanding of just how vital it is um, to remain pure, um, but just how much um, how much it affects our daily life. So I'm just going to kind of go through some of the things that he said in his poem. Um, he made a, made a very profound statement, too, from in his poem, and I was, it really got my attention. I know it'll get yours, and we'll break it down um, throughout. But he says, Masturbation is one of the few acts you can break all of the Ten Commandments at one time. And I was like, whoa, no way. I tuned in. I tuned in. I was like, There's, well, let me hear this, right? So, But he starts out, you know, First commandment, thou shalt not have any other gods before me. And it's true to that because, you know, when our need to please ourselves supersedes our need to please him, right, to please God, we've already put ourselves before God as an idol. We put ourselves as an idol because we're, we're focused on pleasing ourselves before pleasing God. So, okay, that has truth to that. Um, Second commandment, thou shalt not worship created images. <laughs> well, let's be honest, right? We get pretty creative <laughs> when we get into it, right? And allowing our imagination to go, um, especially when we start looking online, looking at different pornographic images and videos. We essentially create this this Sistine Chapel, right, in our in our minds of all of these images and we worship them, right? In a sense, we're worshiping those images, and put in those before God. The third one um, says, Thou shalt not misuse the Lord's name. Yet, you know, we call ourselves Christian, but we consistently practice this sin. So, you know, we're supposed to be Christ-like, so we're calling ourselves Christ-like and by calling ourselves Christian, but we're still practicing in that sin, so... Are we? We're, we're definitely misusing the Lord's name there by calling ourselves Christ-like. Um, the fourth one, you know, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Um, he talks about, you know, that that's broken because instead of taking time off of working working in that sin and to rest in Him, we keep clocking in essentially to to work in that sin, which ultimately you know, rewards us in a payday in the format of an orgasm. It's like, wow, that is wild to think about. But 
it has a lot of truth to it. I mean, you know, we need to rest in Christ. We need to allow him. We need to, we just need to rest fully in Christ. But if we're constantly just, I know I need to, I need to clock in. I need to get some of this sin. I need to pleasure myself here in this area. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're not, we're, we're breaking that commandment there. Um, the fifth one, honor thy father and thy mother. I mean, we're, we're dishonoring them. We're dishonoring our mother and father when we're 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 when we're perverting the very design of the function that actually birthed us, you know, sex. We're we're perverting the whole design by pleasuring ourselves in in the form of masturbation, because we 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 court with the idea, right, and then we engage in the acts. Then we marry the sin, but we want to divorce the consequences. Such a such a unique way he put it there. Um, we court with the idea, engage in the acts. So then we marry the sin, but we still want to divorce the consequences. Mm. The sixth one, thou shalt not murder. Notice that every time we fall into this trap, and constantly attempt to come back. In the process, we're trampling God's grace. I mean, we're spitting in his face. We're essentially crucifying Jesus Christ over and over again. You know, we fall into the sin. And we're like, oh, I'm so sorry. We fall back into the sin. Um, obviously, none of us are perfect. Obviously, we're going to sin every day for the rest of our lives because we're not perfect. Um, but a sin that takes over us so much of our flesh and we're just, it's almost like we're just letting it, we're just giving in and just constantly just spitting in God's face, just, just trampling over his grace saying, you know what, God, you, your grace is essentially saying, God, your grace is not sufficient for me. That's not the case. It is sufficient, but we don't act like it. Um, the seventh one, thou should not commit adultery. You know, we talked about it earlier. Our, our body is God's. It's not ours. So question is, what do you, th- what do you think you do when you're having sex with someone that does not belong to you? Your body does not belong to you. So when you're pleasuring yourself, right, it, you can't, when you're having sex with someone that does not belong to you, you don't belong to you. Therefore, committing adultery in that sense. It's a unique outlook on that. Um, The eighth one, thou should not steal. And every time we try to satisfy ourselves, we're essentially robbing God of an opportunity to satisfy us the right way and completely and fully. We're We're just robbing that opportunity because we're taking, we're taking essentially that initiative for ourselves to pleasure ourselves and just robbing God of that opportunity to really fulfill us the right way. Um, the ninth one, thou shalt not lie. But we are. We're, we're lying to we're lying to ourselves. We're lying to our body by our own actions. We're telling it that we have the power in our hand to make us happy and that somewhere along the line God had made a mistake. You know, we're, we're lying to our body saying, oh, no, 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 you don't, we don't need God. We have the power to make it, make ourselves happy. 
right? That sounds like Satan in the Garden of Eden, right? I said, like, oh, no, 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 you, you, you have the power, right? You don't need God. God made a mistake in telling you that, right? Sounds just like him, the serpent in the Garden of Eden. Now, the last one here says, thou shalt not covet. And like we talked about before, we're desiring a body that is not ours, right? But having sex with yourself is beyond covetous or dishonorable. It's called, essentially, same-sex relations, which according to scriptures is abominable. So, and you know, that, that poem, it's a very unique perspective on, on masturbation, but it brings a lot of truth um, to the surface, right? So I just want you to think about those things and think about how much, how many commandments or how much of, you know, God's trust you're breaking, right? Um, when you're constant, we're constantly in that sin and allowing it to suffocate us essentially or rule our lives. Now, there are some practical ways to battle the sin of lust. Um, the biggest thing is to figure out the origin of your lust. Figure out where it's starting. Figure out the very trigger, the starting point. You know, for me, for me personally, it was it was social media. Uh, whether that was Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Pinterest, etc. Images of women on those feeds, they would cause my curiosity to click one too many times. And I would end up on a pornographic site and masturbating and feeling ashamed and just crying out to God for forgiveness, wondering how in the world did I end up here yet again? And also for me, you know, not bouncing my eyes during the day out in public. Um, if I if I lingered my in my looks at women for anything longer than a quick glance, I began to have lustful thoughts. And then that imprinted image of that woman combined with my imagination would essentially carry me to searching inappropriate images and videos on the internet later that day and then just ending up in the same trap yet again. So you want to figure out where the lustful temptation actually starts for you, whatever that trigger is, if you will, and just take practical steps to mitigate that. You know, for me, I, I cut out social media completely. I can't even remember the last time I was on any of those sites or apps to this day. Um, and as a result, for me, the temptation no longer had a hold on me. And I was able to focus more on Christ, be more successful in my victories. Did that eliminate the temptation? No. But it took out the majority of the source of the temptation. And I was able to win more battles from there. Um, another great way, you know, both men and women get together. Men get together with men. Women get together with women and just have these heart-to-heart discussions, you know, with transparency. Be vulnerable. Be transparent with each other. Because you sh- when you share your struggles with others... You're being able to pray for one another and hold each other accountable. That the power of, of that sin and the power of that temptation, the power of that enemy is taken away, and then you will have victory over those lustful temptations. It's so good to be accountable to someone. Um, I know for me personally, you know, I, I I contacted a couple guys, you know, that I trust, that are my, you know, my mentors, and it's like, hey, like this is, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Um, I've I've been somewhat victorious, but I want someone to hold me accountable so that I can be victorious more often, if that makes sense. So, um, and it's okay to do that. It's 
it feels vulnerable. It's very, you know, very nerve wracking to open up to someone about something so private, right? But when you do that, so much relief is lifted. So much of that weight of embarrassment, of shame, it's just lifting. You're no longer isolated anymore. Because that that's where we that's where we get into a lot of trouble. We just isolate ourselves over and over again. You know, for me, it was the time of day. It was late in the evening, right? I was by myself. You know, it was dark. It was late night, and the temptation was stronger than ever. You know, so you know, even to this day, you know, going on four years of marriage, like I said earlier. I keep my phone away, plugged up away from my bed. So as I'm laying down, I'm not tempted to just reach over and start searching stuff. Like I cut off any ties to your triggers as possible, as much as possible. Because when you relieve all the temptation, then you're like, okay. And then you could just focus more on God. You could focus more on growing closer to Him. You know, if you have some downtime, don't grab your phone and just start searching and, you know, wanderously aiming across the internet because you're going to end up falling if you're not careful. Instead, grab a book, grab the word of God, um, play some worship music or spend some time in prayer. Folks, we have a lot of, we have a lot more spare time than we think. We're just, we're just wasting it on other things that are just not important. So I hope, I hope this message encouraged you. Um, I just want to close out in prayer. Heavenly Father, Wow, you're such an awesome God, and we appreciate you so much uh, for loving us, for continually forgiving us, and just extending that mercy and grace towards us each and every day. Lord, we need it. We're so thankful for you. And Lord, I just ask that this message convicted us in the right way, has challenged us to draw closer to you, but to take practical steps in getting rid of lustful temptations getting rid of masturbation in our life, getting rid of pornography in our life, Lord, so that we can be more pure vessels for you, so that we can we can walk by your Spirit and be such a bright light in this world. Lord, allow us to uh, find accountability where we need it, have open discussions about these topics, Lord, and just take the power away from Satan so that we can live by the power of Jesus Christ. Lord, we trust you. We love you so much and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.